Hi, welcome to another episode of Drive to Success, a podcast made by Athena Racing Student Advisory Board. I'm Ocean, your host for this episode. I'm Mihika, Athena Racing Podcast Manager. And I'm Loxley, Athena Racing's founder and the executive producer of Drive to Success. Today we're here with Abby Hempy, the well-known engineer, artist, and dancer. She is an engineer by day and an artist by night. Just got a new job at NASCAR. I welcome Abby. Oh, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I don't know about well-known, but (laughs) I appreciate the introduction. Of course. Well, let's get started. We heard you talk at last year's Babcat and have since watched you compete in a race, get written up in the Wall Street Journal, and then land your dream job. For those of us who are still in school, can you help guide us through the path that got you where you are now? What steps did you take from high school to college to get where you are now? I think I've heard a lot of people say before that, you know, they they knew where they wanted to go, and they sort of had this plan in their head of how to get there. And I always really admired that kind of single directional and and really ambitious uh ambitious drive that people have and I definitely I had that drive but for me it wasn't such a clear-cut path I just I just followed what I was interested in and I did things that I thought were cool and that's kind of how I ended up where I am so I mean for example like in high school I really wanted to learn how to work on cars just to have some knowledge at all of you know, how do I change a tire or how do I change my oil or, you know, just simple maintenance stuff. And then from there on, that's, that's what I was really interested in. And I just continued with that. That's so awesome. Yeah. And so now to our next question, what were some frustrations you faced throughout high school and college that you had to overcome and how did you overcome them? I think, um, in high school, well, okay, let me let me start with college, actually, because I think that that comes to mind a little easier since it happened more recently. But I think probably most of my my education, you know, in the classroom, they're teaching you all the theory and how to how to do the math and how to do the physics. And I got frustrated because, you know, it wasn't super hands on and we didn't learn a lot of really practical things that you'd learn in industry. I think that um I think that it's getting better and they're kind of noticing that. But, and of course you need to learn the background first before you can, you can do stuff. So theory is important, but I I got frustrated because a lot of times we didn't do things that I knew I would use when I worked at Polaris or when I worked at Articat, you know, that stuff, you just end up learning on the fly when you're on the job. And to overcome that, you join other groups like Formula SAE or Baja or Clean Snowmobile or these kind of student organizations. And then you get to learn those things on the fly while you're in school and get that practical experience. And for me, being hands-on is really important because that's how I started in high school with working on cars. So um, to get that in college was something that you kind of have to do go out on your own for. Um, in high school, in high school, I would say, I would say maybe – I wasn't so much frustrated with it at the time because I didn't realize how useful it would be until later. But I would say later I was kind of frustrated because I thought, um, you know, I should have taken a CAD class or should have taken a drafting class because having that object oriented thinking or being able to 
see a shape and be able to draw it from multiple angles is is something really basic, but something that you definitely need to know when you start working on the computer or doing stuff with CAD or just looking at a drawing, especially in engineering. Um, and that was a skill that I wish I maybe would have worked on in high school, but at the time I didn't think it was important or I didn't think it was really something I wanted to do. And they were just starting to do those kind of classes when I was in high school. So it wasn't something that was like readily available, but I would say for the most part, it was a pretty positive experience. I had a really awesome teacher, um, Gary Komanaki. He was a mechanic for 35 years and he was my teacher in power mechanics. So he's really what got me in and having teachers that are passionate is, is, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful for them. And I'm sure, I'm sure you guys are able to find teachers who are passionate too. Yeah, definitely. About the college thing, I haven't really thought about it, but now that I do, um, I can kind of look back and see that um, a lot of classes don't really teach hands-on, but they just teach the theory and expect you to be able to do it hands-on whenever. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, let's move on to the next question. What extracurricular activities were you involved in at the University of Minnesota? Okay, yeah, this is a nice segue from what we were talking about before. I was involved with Formula SAE. We called ourselves Gopher Motorsports. And, I mean, it was a great opportunity for sure. I, My teacher from high school, he actually told me not to join my first year because you know, it's kind of notorious for being pretty time consuming if you let it. And, you know, people sometimes tend to not get such great GPAs when they go through that because um, you're spending all your time working on the car and you don't want to do your schoolwork. But I mean, you, you could, at the end of the day, you got to get your degree. So this is more important is getting your classwork done. But he told me, you know, oh, maybe just wait till your second year. But I was so excited. I joined right away and I was in it for solidly for three years and then my last year I was kind of like I was kind of in it for like half the season I taught new students how to weld and and I was more of like a consultant than a than a team member but um great opportunity I learned a ton of stuff about engine simulation and dynos my first year and then I was working as uh, the engine sub team lead my second year and then um my third year, I was working on the cooling system design. Um, we didn't change too much because we didn't want to sacrifice our place in the competition. We had kept doing better every single year. And then my last year, like I said, I helped students well. But um, getting involved in something like that's great. Like being part of a team like that of people that are really dedicated, especially when it's a volunteer group, is something really cool and I made a lot of good friends that way and that's kind of what got me into the racing scene. That sounds so fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good time for sure. So in school, what did you enjoy more? Your left brain activities, the engineering, or the right brain activities, your dancing and your art? Well, to be honest, I didn't have too much time to do any dancing or art. I did. I made some time to go to the gym and dance, which I'm sure was a great uh, scene for anybody walking by. But um, I, you know, mostly you just you're just cranking out your classes and working on the team. But uh, I did 
joined ballroom dance club at one point and kind of dabbled with that. And I, I made my way over to the arts side of campus too. University of Minnesota is great for, for having both of those things be such large parts of their university. But um, I mean, I would have to say probably the engineering part, just because that's what I did more of. Um, you know, there's definitely parts that were better than others, but for sure, uh, the team, the, the formula team was great. And that leads perfectly into our next question. So how did you decide that mechanical engineering was the career path for you? Uh, well, there's kind of, I guess there's a little bit of a story behind that. I actually, I mean, you don't really know you like something until you do it, right? So when I was in high school, I wanted to um, do biomedical engineering. And that was actually at the recommendation of my brother because I wanted to be a doctor. And being from Rochester, Minnesota, you know, it's not an uncommon aspiration because we have the Mayo Clinic there. And I just thought that that was the most direct way I could think of helping people. And I just really wanted to help people. I was actually, I gave hand massages to cancer patients when I was volunteering in high school. And that was like one of the most rewarding things I've ever done, um, just to give people a sense of relaxation and somebody to talk to. But um, so I kind of wanted to continue that. And I decided to go sort of the pre-med route with an engineering background because I thought, well, maybe if this doesn't work out, I could still be kind of mathematically focused. But we took like a, a seminar. So maybe you might have this, you know, if you're if you're going into college and you're you're starting out something, if there's a seminar class for the field that you're going into, I would recommend going to that or at least attending a few of them. It might not sound super fun at first, but it's a really good way to talk to the professionals in the field and get an idea of like, okay, is this actually something I want to do? Because even though the class felt kind of silly because you're just attending lectures, it was like a very good look into, well, what do biomedical engineers actually do? And I thought, you know, I don't think this is really for me. And getting more into Formula SAE and having my start in high school working on engines and doing like power mechanics stuff, I thought, you know what, I need to switch. Like Formula is really what what solidified it for me. I can't I can't praise that program enough. It's helped so many different students. So that that was what made me switch. And then um, what made me stay was was finishing out the racing and then doing a few internships and realizing, you know, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm good with this. But don't be afraid. I would say don't be afraid to switch. You know, it might take you a little longer, but it's going to take way longer if you decide after school, yeah, okay, I, I, I studied the wrong thing. Like, I need to change now. I mean, it's never too late, but it's definitely easier when you're in school to switch, even if it's going to take you a couple extra semesters. So I've had a couple friends that, you know, they wanted to finish school really quickly. So it's like, oh, I'm going to get all my credits done. I'm going to graduate in three years. But it's like three years isn't going to do you any good if you don't have a job when you're done. So, you know, yeah, getting that experience and figuring out, hey, is this something I truly like is good. So doing some self-reflection on, stopping asking yourself do I like this I would say yes that's number one there so that leads well into the next question that I have for you I swear I'm not doing it on purpose (laughs) (laughs) and I know this is 
One of the big things that I noticed that got you written up in the Wall Street Journal was the Grassroots Motorsports $2,000 Challenge. And you took a BMW and you turned it into this great art project. And then you had to take it down to race it. And I know that had a little bit to do partially with you having been in the SAE and all of the work that you did with that team. Can you talk a little bit more about what you did with this car in the grassroots challenge? Yeah, so I don't know. I don't think it's as impressive as it's made out to be in the journal. I mean, they definitely focused more on the art side of it, which is what I wanted. I was so happy to finally like have an opportunity to really combine these two interests of mine, especially on something I was working on. But um, I gotta, I gotta give Dean Case a lot of credit because he suggested me doing the competition in the first place. And you know, my brother had talked about it before, but he convinced me, like, you know, this is this is the way to go if you want to try to get your name out there and get introduced to people. And I mean, that was what got me exposure and got me introduced to to um, you know my boss at NASCAR. So that's how he found out about me. But um, Anyway, your, your question was like, uh, what, what did we do to the car? So um, my friend, Tucker Alsop, he, he was incredible as well because I, I don't think I could have done all of the things we did by myself. I could have done some of it, but not to the extent I did with another person. So it's, it's good to have a team. But we, it's, I mean, it's basically just a stock BMW under the hood. We spent so much time trying to fix it and make it run properly that we didn't end up having enough money to really like modify it out. If we'd had more time, we definitely would have done some suspension work. But the only thing that's like aftermarket on there is the brakes and the tires, which were donated by BF Goodrich. So <laughs> safety is important, right? We got to have stopping power, but um, everything under the hood was, was stock. We just replaced the timing chain we did that outside at my professor's house which wasn't super fun to do in june and um we did a head gasket we did an electric fan we did swap the clutch we chopped the exhaust and took off the muffler which was like 40 pounds crazy so just just stuff like that and of course the artwork on the top that was that was all me though that part was was me that sounds like a really fun project that was a good time now let's get into the present. You just started your job with NASCAR Research and Development this past month. Congrats. Is it, is it what you thought it would be? How was the move to North Carolina from Minnesota been for you? I I would say it's not it's not what I thought it would be and it's not it's not better or worse, it's just different. I definitely you know, when they when I interview or before I found out you know, before I came down to interview, I had sort of my idea of what the job would be. And then when I talked to more people here, I was like, okay, this is, this is better than what I thought it would be. And then now that I'm here, I'm like, okay, this is, this is different. So I, I do a lot more stuff with, um, I mean, I've only been here two weeks, so I guess I can't give a total good summary, but, uh, I do a lot more with vendors than I thought I would. So that's, that's kind of cool because you get to in be introduced to more people in the industry hoping to get a little more hands-on, but I think that'll come with time. And then moving from Minnesota to North Carolina, um, yeah, no snow down here. It's January and it's 40 degrees and I wore flip-flops outside today. So 
it's uh, the weather's a lot more temperate. The people are really nice. I've gotten out and explored a little bit. Being in a big city again is kind of different, but um, I'd say it was it was definitely tough leaving home, leaving my friends behind because I don't know I didn't know anybody down here. Thought maybe I wouldn't make any friends, but you just gotta go do do what you like to do, and and you'll find like minded people, and that's kind of what's happened. So here we are. That's so awesome. I have another question for you. Okay. What is the best art or engineering project you have built? Oh, I mean, I feel like it's kind of a cop-out answer to say the art car. I got to think about this for a minute. Hmm. I think actually recently, I, uh, I don't, my landlords probably wouldn't be too happy about this, but recently yeah, I also really like to sew, and I'm kind of an experimental seamstress. I don't really follow patterns or anything like that. I'm not real good with measuring or, or um, you know, doing different embroidery kind of things. But I, uh, I took the, I took the curtains down from the house that I was in because it, you know I really wanted some more light in the house, and they they told me I could, so I took them down, and then. Uh, I decided I was going to make a dress out of them because I really like the color pattern. So I bought like this bodice and then I sewed all the, almost all the curtains on there and I made kind of this cool, like, uh, it looks, it looks sort of European, but I really like how it turned out and just the attention to detail of like how they, how the folds fit and everything. I just, I like how it lays and I don't know, it's, it's, it's a different Different way to occupy your mind, wow. for sure. You're so multi-talented. That's um, awesome. You're so multi-talented. It is just amazing. Everything you can do, like engineering brain and artist brain all mixed together is something that I think all students should look at and follow in your photographs. <laughs> it just blows me away. Um, <laughs> well, people are, you know, people are multifaceted. It's like, you know, you're not... Nobody's really in a box, right? There's probably, there's probably, there's a lot of dimensions to people. And I think it's something that should be explored. Absolutely. So my last question I'm going to ask you, and I know we have a couple more, but what do you consider to be your biggest accomplishment so far with everything that you've done? Like, what are you the most proud of? Oh, man. I feel like this is the kind of question I answer now and I look back and 10 years and think, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> um, I guess I'd say, I would say just not giving up. You know, I I don't really, I mean, I know that I, there's a lot of things I like to do, but I, I tell people I'm okay at a lot of things, but I'm not super good at one thing. And that's something I've really admired about other people is that maybe they only have one hobby. Like, let's say they play the saxophone but that's all they do and they're so really really good at it and I'm just kind of I just kind of dabble in a lot of things but I don't I don't give up and I I think that's something you got to take with you when you go to school or when you're in high school when you're in college or when you're trying to get a job it's like don't you know don't let the rejection weigh you down you know there's you're going to hear a lot of no's from a lot of places and sometimes you can't take that for an answer and that's something that you know, I, I don't, 
some people are very naturally talented to when it came to school. It's like people, there were people that could study super hard and try on all their assignments and go into to office hours and just be an office hour rat. And that was me. And then they get to the test and they still just don't really do super great for whatever reason. Maybe you just don't test well or whatever. And then there are other people that it's like they don't have to do very much. It just kind of comes to them naturally, and they take the test, and they're just done, boom, passed. And I, I attribute getting through school to to not giving up, not you know, not just being naturally smart. And I think that that's something that's really valued in racing and in that industry. People, you know, people look at that. And my boss, he even, you know, he told me in the interview, he said. You know, I didn't ask you what your grades were. I didn't ask you how well your formula team did, you know, because he knew. It's like that's not really, that's not what's really important when it comes to getting a job done. So don't give up. Keep going. That's a big accomplishment for anyone. And that's also some really good advice that we can all use. Thank you for joining us today and talking to us about your path through high school and college into your new career. Congratulations on being in the Wall Street Thanks. Journal and landing your first yeah. job that looks to be a total dream job for an engineer who loves racing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You guys asked some great questions. Um, I'm honored to be on here. Yeah, like Ocean said, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your experiences. I definitely learned a lot and I'm sure our listeners would agree. All right. So yeah, thank you. You guys, good luck in school. Don't give up. Keep going. That little five-year-old girl inside you is cheering for you too. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of our podcast, Drive to Success. Make sure you check out our website at athenaraising.org and all of our social media. We are linked down below.